Hi, and welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Dennis. I'll be your host for the podcast today. Today we're continuing on our uh, maintain health job and health and safety on the job. Um, we'll be uh, talking a few about a few other things. Um, this is still A4, and these are tasks to become a competent beekeeping technician. Okay, so I'm not sure exactly how much time we'll have today. Uh, so let's just jump into it and get ready. We are to uh, talk about the different hazards that come from insects, animals, little beasties, things that we don't want around. Now, when we're talking about beekeeping, of course, the first insect that you'll be dealing with most of the time is bees. Um, of course, there are many things that can happen with bees. Um, you can get bees that uh, are very stingy, and um, usually we tell people that they're very stingy during two periods of time. That's during the summer or spring and fall, and that's usually because they are upset about um, not having any food and the other thing is um, and and this is one of those cute little secrets that uh, you don't really hear about too much um, the other reason is they're not really landing on you for stinging they're landing on you because you have sweat and they're trying to get the salt from your sweat so one of the tips to help with that is going and getting one of those salt licks that you can get for uh, animals, like uh, cows, from your local uh, ranch supply store and putting it out in your apiary with a small little roof over top of it. That way it won't be eroded away when it rains or when it snows, but the bees will be able to land on it and have a little bit of a munch on it also helps to uh, occasionally put if there's a little dip in the top of it to occasionally put a little bit of water in the top that way they can crawl down and just take a drink from the water that helps as well but with uh, with bees it's always good to have on your bee zen which is um, <laughs> kind of hard to describe but your bee zen is your calm demeanor that you have about you all the time and you um, if you can you move slower and when you're approaching uh, hives you want to move slowly towards the hive so you're not running up to the hive to go get your stuff done um, and uh, as soon as you get um, bees bouncing off your head or for the ladies if the bees grab your little strand of hair and start pulling on it you know that they're uh, probably a little bit more testy and so you might need to make sure that you have all your equipment on and I usually go in and the moment I get the first sting from one of the bees um, I go back to the truck and put on more equipment of course I'm cursing and nursing the little uh, sting that I got and scratching out the stinger but anyways um, and I usually go back and put on like beekeeping gloves I, I usually put on my jacket rather than just the the regular beekeeping 
uh, hood that I have on. So that's for them. Um, we'll get into more about the bee zen and that stuff later on, but uh, insects, reptiles, and rodents, stings, and bites. So <clears throat> there are, up here in Canada, there aren't too many reptiles that we have to worry for about. Um, occasionally, there will be um, um, in your hive, you'll open it up and it'll have been invaded by a mouse and that mouse will try and give you a bite. So it's always good to have your hive tool close by so that you can scoosh that mouse. Um, if you allow the mouse to get away, the mouse will come back and try and get back into the hive. So um, it's best if you can just scoosh the mouse with your hive tool and, and move it out of the way. And then you're also going to be dealing with its babies. Um, and uh, I usually make sure that I kill the babies too and uh, chuck them far away from the hive. Um, also the other thing that you need to know about mice is when a mouse gets into your hive, nothing in that hive is worth uh, scavenge or um, uh, recovering. Um, in the area that they have been living in um, because um, mice carry diseases such as hantavirus and uh, they also poo and pee inside of the hive so usually what I do when I have a hive invaded by a mouse is I take all the wax and um, I melt it for non um, health purposes so um, I, I won't be making lipstick out of it or, or lip balm out of it I won't be making anything that'll be used for the human body um, mostly what I'll do with it is I'll melt it down and if I'm coating uh, my equipment with wax that's part of the wax that'll be used for that um, you can't really use it for anything it, it's pretty well got to be uh, destroyed any honey that's in the area that they're in unfortunately it's no good anymore either because they've probably peed on it and and uh, been around it and got fur in it and um, they like to snack on it so it's uh, it's best that whole entire hive that they've been in to to uh, essentially take it and get rid of it um, and that's why mice are such a, a bad thing for hives is because once they get in they make their nest in there it's that whole entire hive's no good and your bottom board you're going to end up having to wash it with bleach you're going to have to wash the woodenware with bleach and it would be best to uh, give it a little bit of a flame too on the inside so using your uh, your torch and and just kind of warming up the sides of the hive so that you uh, slightly char it so um, and in that way you can get rid of most of the disease and crap on the inside of the hive that the uh, mice might leave behind and that means getting rid of all of the uh, the little poopies from the mouse and everything like that um, when you're doing this make sure that you're wearing um, the appropriate uh, mask and and uh, make sure that you're not exposing yourself to possible hantavirus infections. Um, 
they have on here um, poisonous plants, um, rashes, hives, thorns. Okay, so in and around or underneath and around your hives, you're going to have plants that are growing. And it's always best to, um, I, I like to, in my bee yards, to put down a drop cloth of uh, um, a tarp underneath the hives. And, and before that, I like to mow it down to the, the roots of whatever's there. And then put down the tarp and put the um, pallets or whatever you're using to boost up your hives off the ground onto that tarp. And what that does is it makes it so that mice are reluctant to go over to your hives because they have to run across an open area of the tarp and that opens them up to being hunted by hawks and that kind of thing. So um, it's best to um, prepare your site so that you are giving yourself the best chance possible. Um, so I put down a, a drop cloth and then I put um, a pallet down and then I put the hives on top of the pallets. Um, so as far as um, poisonous plants, the poisonous plants aren't around where my hives are, but sometimes, you know, you got to walk to your, your hives and everything and you've got um, poison oak and poison ivy and uh, all sorts of things and sometimes you're walking through a little bit of brush and you can have uh, thorny bushes that'll scratch you up and everything. If you're going to be doing that make sure that you're wearing a, a full jacket with your your hood and everything because um, it's never fun to have scratches on you and as you're working these scratches may get infected so just take care of yourself that way ticks in the brush and tall grass all right so this is why i don't walk or, or do beekeeping in sandals i don't do beekeeping with uh, um, shoes socks and then shorts uh, i just you know there's just no reason to be doing that you're walking through areas and you're getting uh, ticks on you and um, up here in Canada, I'm, I'm not sure in, in the place where you are, but you walk past a, a brush that has a tick on it. The ticks will come off of our nice little deers and uh, they'll be sitting on the top of a brush of a branch or something waiting for a yummy warm thing with lots of blood to walk past. And uh, so then it'll climb on you and you won't, you won't feel it. And... Uh, you know you might end up finding it two or three days later when it's really big and you notice a huge big little bubble off of your body um, so usually what we say is um, when you go home for your shower that day make sure you check all your uh, private places for ticks they usually like to go in your crotch area underneath your arms at the back of your neck anywhere where it's warm and damp um, so the only thing that you can do to protect yourself against ticks is tuck your pants into your socks. Look, You look like an absolute dork. But the reason why you're tucking your pants into your socks is because it keeps the ticks from getting underneath your pant legs and then crawling up your legs and going and uh, finding a nest someplace nice and warm up by the top of your legs, if you know what I mean. So... Um,
tucking it in and uh, um, tucking your shirt into your pants and then having an overshirt over top of your or a, a, a bee jacket over top of your uh, pants it, it makes several places where the um, several changes in fabric so that the the ticks can't crawl up inside um, and again at night go home and check yourself for ticks you might have to find a significant other who will check the places that you can't necessarily check yourself um, but it's really important uh, ticks carry Lyme disease here in Canada and uh, you can get really sick from ticks so and uh, we can go into uh, removal of ticks at a later time when we talk about first aid Mosquitoes um, up here in Canada um, in the spring when we get our first uh, really big rainstorm um, our mosquitoes are able to lay their eggs and then after what is it a week or two after the the rainstorm we get a really bad crop of uh, mosquitoes and up here in Canada the mosquitoes are the size of eagles so you gotta watch for them. <laughs> Um, and uh, usually what we do is we uh, carry with us a, a can of bug spray and we spray it around our necks and, and around uh, the areas where our skin may be exposed and uh, a lot of times we just spray it on our, our uh, beekeeping jackets on the backs as well because um, I don't know what it is about these mosquitoes but their drinking straws are pretty long and they'll go right through your uh, right through two layers of fabric so <laughs> they're not nice but the good thing about your net is you don't have mosquitoes going at your face so skunks skunks are a bad animal um, not only can they spray your equipment and make it so that you know the bees don't want to be in their own their own houses and uh, getting that smell out of the equipment sucks but uh, skunks like to have a little feast of bees and so what they'll do at night is they'll go up to the beehive and the beehive is guarded by bees at the entrance and the skunk will scratch on the beehive and the bee will come out to see what the heck's scratching on the side of the hive and the skunk will grab the bee and stuff it in his mouth and for some reason it doesn't get stung in its mouth or doesn't care and it munches on the bee and gets all of the honey out of the bee and all the young yummy gooey stuff out of the bee and then spits the bee at the bottom of the hive so in the morning you'll come by and you'll find at the bottom of your hive a depressing amount of bees that are slimy and in a pile that would be a skunk and uh, what we do to mediate the problem with skunks is we don't put uh, the airport opening on the bottom of the hive anymore in in my business um, and that also helps with uh, keeping uh, mice out of there as well we put our our major opening on the top that way the bees can come and go through the top but it's too high for the skunk to go up and pull out the bees um, i've heard it Tell, told that the uh, the skunks don't like exposing their belly because it's not covered with fur um, and uh, the bees can sting it so they don't like exposing that so they won't reach up so they like being close to the ground where they can bunch up and you know if the bees come after them 
So, and uh, with skunks, treat them with uh, care. If you see a skunk, of course, uh, keep an eye on it, back up slowly and go back to your vehicle. <laughs> and uh, it's always good to have a, a trap that is big enough to catch cats because you will be catching skunks out on your your uh, bee properties um i in in the seven years that i've been operating um, i've probably captured about eight skunk um, and i had uh, three or four operating bee yards so i mean they're around there they're uh, they're a pest and if you don't want to kill them then um when you trap them then tell a, a fish and game person to come out and get them or the local uh, dog catcher to come out and get them whatever you need to do and we have badgers um, badgers in case you don't happen to live in alberta canada um, badgers are Oh, well, they're mean, nasty little critters who are looking for a treat that usually involves some smaller creature. Um, badgers are flat, low to the ground. They're kind of a, a combination of a cat and a dog together. Maybe a very rabid dog. <laughs> and uh, they will come after humans and, and give you a good bite. Um, badgers are usually looking for uh, gophers and they will dig up gopher holes and make a huge big hole in the middle of your apiary. So you're going to have to be cognizant that there are badgers out there that they do dig big holes and you have to watch where you're walking because one night to the next you might end up having a badger hole where you never thought it should be. <laughs> um, so, and with badgers, literally, if you encounter one, just keep your eye on it, walk slowly backwards, and uh, essentially call it a day because you give them the right of way and you don't, you don't mess with them. Um, don't even think about trying to chase them off with a stick. The only kind of stick that would actually chase them off is uh, a bang stick, and uh, usually you know you're in an area where a bang stick is not allowed to be discharged so <laughs> make sure that you uh, give them uh, a very wide berth um, working with and around farm animals sometimes you're able to find a farmer who is willing to allow you the corner of his field where his combine cannot reach and occasionally what farmers do is, yes, they'll, they'll allow you to use that area. Um, and then from year to year, you know, they might not plant one year and they might just leave it in fallow or, or leave uh, a harvested crop stuff on the ground. So, um, you know, and then let their cows out to munch on whatever's left of the crop. And so you'll get cows that come wandering past your hives. And cows are funny creatures. They like to find places to make good scratches. So they will walk up to your beehive and start giving themselves a scratch on the side there. And, uh, of course, your beehives usually aren't uh, ratchet strapped down. 
And so they'll actually tip over your beehive and make it so that your hive swarms out and takes off. So uh, what we usually do to mitigate that risk is we um, put electric fences up and around our hives so that the cows, when they come over to do their scratching, will bump into the electric fence and, well, that'll be it. <laughs> They'll say, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, we have uh, bulls um, in the field, and bulls are a little bit different than cows. Cows are kind of curious and happy to see you, and they're like, oh, human, feed me. Um, but bulls, on the other hand, they're more into... Um, keeping their territory. So if you walk into a field that has a bull, they might just decide that you're a threat and come over and um, if they still have their horns, gore you. And if they don't, then at least give you a good uh, flight up and over the fence. <laughs> so if you are in an area that has bulls in the field where your beehives are, um, it's always a good idea to be friends with the person that you are putting your bees on his land and ask him to notify you if there is a bull that is going to be in the in the vicinity. And uh, if you happen to come up and there's a bull in there and you didn't expect it to be, your beekeeping job that day might just be done. Either that or you call up the farmer and say, hey, <laughs> um, is there a possibility that we can put a fence around my beehives <laughs> so that I can work in safety? So, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Um, there are a whole lot of other animals that you could be working around. Things like uh, uh, deer, things like uh, sheep, that kind of stuff. You know, um, usually with, uh, with sheep... You know, the little babies and the mamas aren't that bad, but the ram, if you turn your back on it and if you are moving away at a quick pace, sometimes the rams will come up and headbutt you and push you to the ground type of thing. And yeah, it's never fun. Um, the other thing is uh, with deer, deer can become possessive of, of an area or if their babies are hiding amongst your beehives and you happen to be walking up, they'll hoof you to death. They can, they have very dangerous weapons on their feet and they can open up a laceration on your face like nobody's business. So let's not be in and around where there are deer. And uh, of course, with any other livestock, you got to know the livestock and be able to work around them if you, if you are going to be working around them. So, um, a lot of these larger animals have certain types of diseases and uh, that can be commu uh, communicated to humans. Um, these are things like brucellosis, tuberculosis, anthrax, tetanus, rabies, E. coli, and more and more. <laughs> But for those things, uh, I'd encourage you to go take a look at them and see what you can find. Bulls and cows with calves. All right, so we talked about bulls, cows with calves. We talked about uh, baby deer and, and mama deers coming after you. 
Cows will do the same. Cows will come and, and defend their calves and push you out of the way. So just be aware of that. <clears throat> we, as beekeepers, occasionally put um, helpful drugs in the hives to help the bees, um, both with um, pests inside the hives and also um, treatments of certain illnesses that the bees can get. Um, when you're doing this, make sure that you're doing this with gloves and a mask. Make sure that you are not transferring it onto your skin. And we'll, we'll definitely be talking about uh, bee drugs in a little bit. But um, just so that you know, they're in your hives. Um, and, you know, they can hurt other animals if they knock over the hives, then take a munch inside the hive and happen to lick up your bee drugs that are on a, a little strip or something. So um, the best way to do to take care of that is you need to mark the hives that are being treated and you need to put on a ratchet strap to make sure that they are um, unable to be pulled apart. <clears throat> All right, so I think we'll cut it off there and we'll pick it up again a little bit later. Um, our next time that we're going to be talking, we're going to be talking a little bit about a first aid kit. Um, I have done a previous podcast on first aid kits, so maybe I'll include this in uh, the next um, talk that we have. And then uh, we should be talking about um, chemical exposure, um, power cutoffs for stopping machinery, um, fire extinguishers and that kind of stuff. So anyways, a lot to look forward to next time. We're coming up here almost on 30 minutes, so I'd like to keep this nice and short. If you guys have any questions, please visit me on um, my Discord that I have. It's on every single of my podcasts in the uh, notes. Um, come and visit me, and if you have any questions, I'll definitely answer them for you. Um, also, I have a Patreon, and I'm going to be starting to put some of these um, advanced beekeeping stuff behind the pay paywall at Patreon. Um, and for the low price of $5 a month, you can come and uh, support me and access all of the stuff behind the Patreon wall. So thank you guys. I appreciate you coming and listening, and we will talk to you soon.